Waves in the Finiverse. I believe that what makes NFTs so darn important is that they completely change the paradigm of digital goods. They are the basis of Web3 and the metaverse that we keep talking about because they are about IP management. As I say that there are four things that give an NFT its value. The first is exactly what you talked about, Walter, scarcity. The second reason why it has value is provenance. The third reason is utility. And then the fourth thing is commercial rights. It is absolutely correct for brands to think about NFTs as a membership tool. The beauty of blockchain technology is that you could record information um, in a way that makes it near indestructible. Welcome to Waves in the Finiverse. I'm Walter Jennings, the host of a podcast brought to you by Finiverse, we're talking with the wave makers that are creating ripples, waves, and tsunamis across finance, crypto, fintech, Web3, and beyond. Listen weekly to hear the change makers talk firsthand about their experiences in this dynamic industry. This week, Artifact Labs has officially launched themselves into the public, and to commemorate the event, they took over 50 of the best bars in Asia for a night of networking, conviviality, and of course, NFTs. We were thrilled to have Gary Liu, CEO of Artifact Labs, in the podcast booth during Hong Kong FinTech Week, and let's catch up on their developments. Gary, nice to see you. Welcome to Hong Kong FinTech Week. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you again. You're in a new role. Tell me what's uh, changed in your... You've dropped one of your jobs to focus on another. I have. Last time you and I met, I was still the chief executive of the South China Morning Post, a media publishing group based here in Hong Kong. Uh, but since then, we have spun out the NFT project that we were talking about as an independent startup. And I have left my job as chief executive of a newspaper and taken on this full-time job as a founder and CEO of a small startup trying to make waves in the Web3 world. You're a disruptor, Gary. I had no idea. I'm, I feel like I'm more disrupting myself and my sleep than anything else. You know, but there is a passion and a joy that comes with a startup that's unlike being in an established company. Yeah, uh, I'm nodding my head pretty yeah. vigorously. <laughs> I, I will say, audience, he is nodding furiously. Now, Gary, most of us are familiar with NFTs or non-fungible tokens um, with relation to art, but I believe through Artifact, you have found a, a different uh, way of using NFTs. Why don't you uh, let our audience in on the, um, on the insights? The, the mission of Artifact Labs is to preserve and connect history on the blockchain. And our goal, frankly, is to use NFTs um, as a mechanism to create digital doubles, digital replicas of historical assets on the blockchain so they are preserved immutably. And then to allow people from around the world to actually co-own these assets, to trade them, to curate them, to educate with them, and to engage in a community of people who really care about the preservation of these things from collective human history that really matter. So Gary, uh, clearly when you launched this, you were running both Artifact and SC South China Morning Post, SCMP. Your first introductions of Artifact Labs were related to South China Morning Post. Do you want to introduce the 1997 project? Oh, I absolutely do want to introduce that. So the first project that Artifact Labs 
uh, really launched and while we were still a project within this media company uh, is the 1997 premium series from SCMP. Now, for the listeners who may not be familiar with Hong Kong history, 1997 was the year that Hong Kong had its handover, its return uh, in sovereignty from being a British colony to being a, you know, a Chinese city. Uh, and it is obviously a pivotal year in Hong Kong's history, but also one of the most important years in all of Asian history. And as the newspaper of record in Hong Kong, the South China Morning Post front pages from that year are incredibly important, arguably some of the most important assets from SCMP's 119-year uh, archives at this point. What we did was we took those front pages, 362 in all, made them into NFTs. Each day has a different rarity based on what the editorial leadership of SCMP believed the importance of the day was. Uh, and overall, there were 13,000 NFTs of these front pages minted, with the rarest being July 1st, the day of the handover. That cover, there were only two NFTs of that day's cover ever minted. These NFTs were packaged together in mystery boxes. You can think about it as, as old school uh, tradable card boxes. Like, I was going to say, it sounds like Topps baseball cards without the gum. It, it, exactly, without the gum, although we, it probably you know people were chewing gum when they were opening these things. Um, that's exactly right. And you open them and you discover five different days in history and you rediscover the stories from those days that you may have forgotten. So we were very fortunate that we found a community of people who cared about history, cared about Hong Kong, cared about journalism, and those 13,000 NFTs were minted out in about four hours. Uh, and that was the seed community that we now call our artifact community of people who want to collect not only moments, but also memorabilia from history as NFTs. Now, Gary, you say co-own history uh, because I would imagine that the cover of the South China Morning Post, July 1st, 1997, has um, an already established owner. So how does that work with an asset that is the South China Morning Post and now in my mystery yeah. box? This is a question about commercial rights and uh, IP. Okay. Um, and of course- IP meaning intellectual, intellectual property. property. And of course, I, NFTs, at least to me, and I believe that what makes NFTs so darn important is that they completely change the paradigm of digital goods. They are the basis of Web3 and the metaverse that we keep talking about because they are about IP management. Now, to be clear, the NFTs of SCMP's 1997 front pages, uh, those NFTs do not come with commercial rights. They themselves also do not come with any kind of fractionalized ownership rights of the actual underlying physical asset. So the actual IP of that front page still remains with the existing IP owners primarily the South China Morning Post. And the actual physical copy that is in the SCMP's library is still owned by the SCMP and not by the NFT owners. That said, what the SCMP did was they created a digital facsimile, a digital version of that front page that is authentic, that is actually made by the publisher because the publisher has the right to make that digital version and said, we are going to allow for people around the world to co-own the digital version of this historical asset. It doesn't come with commercial rights. You can't replicate even if you're the owner, but you do legitimately own a piece of this digital art form. Uh, are you then allowed to share and show your NFT? Absolutely, and trade and curate and display. And and, and we do hope that people will, will use it for education. In fact, the, the uh, utility project that was launched immediately after all 
13,000 of these NFTs were minted out, was what we call the community wall. Artifact Labs launched a website on behalf of SCMP that had 362 empty slots. There are 362 uh, print days from 1997. And we went and we, we went to the NFT owners and we said, would you like to make your NFT available for the public to view? Within days, all 362 slots were filled by the actual NFT owners themselves. And for the first time ever, the full set of front pages of SCMP's 1997 publications is now available freely for the world. Um, and that is the accessibility that we want to create by making historical uh, assets and historical archival um, you know, objects into NFTs. Uh, Gary, I want to ask you kind of a, a real kind of basic question. Um, uh, first off, NFT, non-fungible token, uh, meaning that it's irreplaceable, that there's only one of them. Uh, and fungible means it's transferable with anything. So in your wallet, in my wallet, I've got a $100 bill that's fungible. You've got a driver's license, I've got a driver's license. That would be unique to you, that'd be non-fungible. So with an NFT, how can we have two copies of an NFT? I thought they were non-fungible and unique. So you say the 1997 July 1st has two owners. I guess there were two digital facsimiles, facsimiles minted at the same time? Well, actually, the driver's license example is not the right example for okay. NFTs. Because that would be more like the what uh, we now call soul-based tokens that uh, that Vitalik uh, Buterin kind of introduced in a July white paper. But for NFTs, they are... Back to your uh, previous example, baseball cards. Got it. There can be multiple versions of the same baseball card, but each of them has a serial number, and they are unique in that sense. And the fact that I can have a baseball card with a very specific serial number on it that is different from the baseball card that you have. Understood. Right? But you and I can effectively you know, exchange those for other assets. So I can give you a baseball card, and then you are now the owner of it. You give me something else in return, but that baseball card will still be a unique copy. So I'll give you a Mickey Mantle for a July 1st, 97 uh, NFT. I will take that. <laughs> As a big Yankees fan, I will 100% take that. Fantastic. Well, no, it's helpful to clarify because the um, exclusivity of an NFT is what has led to a heightened perception of value. So yeah, actually, th th this is a good point. A lot of people ask me, because we're working with very traditional brands on these NFT projects, what gives an NFT its value? And it is still quite confusing, actually. It's a significant paradigm shift. This is not a comprehensive answer, but I often give four answers. I say that there are four things that give an NFT its value. The first is exactly what you talked about, Walter, scarcity. The fact that something is a one of one will mean that it has value, just intrinsically based on supply and demand, that has value. The second reason why it has value is provenance, is the fact that the South China Morning Post minted something that belonged in its own archives. That gives a value. Now, somebody else who might actually still own the July 1st, 1997 newspaper, they literally bought a copy and they put it at home. They can go ahead and scan their front page and release it as an NFT. I mean, from a commercial rights perspective, they shouldn't, but they could, right? Um, but it shouldn't be worth more than the SCMP's version because it is provenance, because SCMP minted it. So that's the second reason. The third reason is utility. And this is where NFTs right now serve a huge community need. They are a membership card. 
they uh, allow people to unlock access to groups of people, to benefits, to experiences that they would otherwise never have access to. So that utility gives a, a NFT its, uh, its value. And then the fourth thing is commercial rights, which eventually gets very complicated because there are all different permutations of commercial rights. But when an NFT does come with commercial rights, oftentimes that's the reason why it's traded is because once you own it, you can do something with it. You can monetize it in different ways. So for those four reasons, NFTs have very real world value and therefore have an open marketplace. Waves in the Finiverse, the podcast. Speaking to the people making waves in finance, fintech, crypto, Web3 and beyond. One of the points you mentioned utility and you talked about what else it can get you. Um, I'm hearing more and more about blockchain as a means of engagement, uh, of keeping a community together and allowing them to use it actively. So can you talk about the way you're using uh, the Artifact Labs for blockchain engagement? Yeah, so um, actually th this I think is one of the, the key paradigm shifts for brands and institutions around the world. In the Web3 world, and especially with NFTs, you can transform users into stakeholders. That's a very powerful change. People who previously were just readers of a, news organ of a newspaper or players of a game, they suddenly now co-own assets that will go up in value if the activity and their brand engagement creates value. And having those stakeholders, having the entitlement and the depth of engagement that those stakeholders actually want is exactly what consumer executives like me have been chasing our entire careers. And now blockchain technology allows that to be kind of default, right? In the way that you grow your user base and grow your community. So it, it is absolutely correct for brands to think about NFTs as a membership tool. Right? The fact that it is scarce, verifiably scarce, the fact that you can create 5,000 of something and every single one of them is unique and you can promise that you'll never create another one, you're effectively creating what in Hong Kong we know as debentures. Right? These, are, these are club memberships. These are going to go up in value over time if the benefits of belonging to that club or that, 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 uh, that organization or that community um, increases. Right? And so that's, that's a level of engagement that, um, I mean, I'm fascinated by, and I and, and I see more and more and more organizations experimenting with. Well, you know, and it used to be that kind of that that level of brand engagement was reserved for the super fans, right. you know, who bought all of the brand and uh, wore all of the brand and spent every free uh, vacation time with the brand. But now it seems that even uh, people who just have an, uh, a strong association can now have a little bit of co-ownership with their favorite brand. And, and, and that's exactly the way it should be, right? Look at what Starbucks is doing right now with what they now call Odyssey. They've launched what is effectively an NFT membership program that is attached, or I should say additive to their existing membership program. Um, and it's, it's gonna be so interesting to watch this thing grow. They're introducing their 25 million strong active membership to Web3 without any of them knowing that they're actually owning virtual assets at this point, right? Um, and and, and, and the, when you can scale a membership to millions of people because every single one of these assets is unique, 
that's when the economics of Web3 really come into play. So I think more and more brands should be paying attention to this. They should be watching the development of the technology closely and wondering how it can change the way that I uh, associate with and communicate with and interact with my buyers and my customers. Well, I'm looking forward to learning more from Artifact Labs as you um, begin helping more and more companies engage with consumers around their brand. But I, wa I want to dive back when you and I met a year ago, uh, you were talking about Artifact Labs as a way of preserving history and perhaps taking this to other guardians of history. Can you talk about the role of NFTs in preserving history? The beauty of blockchain technology is that you could record information um, in a way that makes it near indestructible. Because of the fact that it's stored in servers that are decentralized, because of this consensus mechanism that powers blockchain, it means that you're no longer at the whim of individual powers, whether it's governments or executives, that natural disasters right, or war or whatever else that could wipe out servers and a mountainside are no longer a threat because it's decentralized and distributed all over the world. That single companies like Google and Amazon are no longer the single point of failure for information storage. Think about that when it comes to historical preservation. If we can create digital versions of our collective human history and store it in this way so they're no longer in, uh, able to be destroyed so that they are indestructible, then we can actually say that history is now guarded immutably. That is something that we cannot say today. I mean, I often talk about this at the newspaper. We spent so much time every single year testing sprinkler systems and paying for better conditioning and worrying about the state of our physical archives at our print plant out in Taipo in Hong Kong. And then we work with museums and libraries to make sure that those alternate versions of our uh, archives are stored properly. But once we're able to mint those archives, those news stories, that first draft of history onto the blockchain, we can legitimately stop worrying, not stop caring, but stop worrying about their preservation long term. I think that's extremely valuable, not to mention the fact that once they become NFTs, you can now make them available for people to own and share and use in a fundamentally different way. You know, it's... Um easy to get the easier to get the concept if you extend the arc of history i was prior to covid um in eastern europe in europe and i went to prague and visited a library that was built in the 1400s and you you know they talked about the destruction and that it occurred over the centuries with various wars and floods and fires and lightning strikes that really damaged their collection uh, and so history isn't safe um, when it's in its yeah. only physical preserve. I'll tell you, the Czech Republic, in fact, are using NFTs as a membership card that you can buy to help fund the restoration of their royal castles. And all of the art that has been collected and some fallen in a disrepair over the years in those castles. So um, I, I think that allowing, I mean, bringing this kind of asset into the decentralized world, into Web3, uh, will have many, many ripple effects uh, and, and they will largely be positive. I mean, I, I'm a little bit of a homer for this stuff, as you can imagine, but I really do believe in it.
Now, Gary, when you minted the 97 Premium Series, you must have um, met a few super fans and had a few surprises. What were some of the unexpected benefits of getting involved in a project like that at the retail level? Uh, did you tell us about some of the people that love Artifact Labs and the 97 Premium Series. For crypto insiders and true DGENs, the fact that we minted our first NFTs in 2022 already makes us late. However, for people in the news industry, <laughs> we are way, 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 way early. And the, the, the advantage of being early is that we are co-discovering what these assets actually mean to the community with the community. We get the opportunity to actually ask questions. We get the opportunity to admit, hey, we don't know the answer. We don't actually know where you want to take these assets in the future and when you want to take the collection. We don't know what kinds of other archival assets you want created as N or minted as NFTs. We don't know what other kinds of museums or news organizations or brands you want us as Artifact Labs to go chase. And so the best part about all of this and being one of the early players in this world is that we legitimately get to ask because we're not even pretending to be experts at this point. And um, Gary, um, I know that SCMP um, is invested in some metaverse um, and was looking to bring Hong Kong to the metaverse. How might Artifact Labs leverage the metaverse for its own growth? That's a really good question. I, I think, again, um, if we're able to recreate physical assets in the digital world on blockchain as NFTs, then those assets can live in 3D space and in meaningful ways in the metaverse when the said metaverse actually scales, right? When, when, when it's actually relevant. So just by creating these assets, we are securing a future in which these assets can exist in a virtual world, in a metaverse of some kind. We're already experimenting with that. SCMP's own archival assets as NFTs in the sandbox exist, right? In the sandbox um, executions that we built the central peer experience, and also a second one that we haven't announced yet, but we'll announce in about a week. Um, there are already NFTs of SCMP's contemporaneous reporting from decades ago in those universes, right? And so that's, that's, there's already experiment underway. And we do think that long-term, more and more of these assets ought to exist in virtual uh, spaces and virtual worlds. Well, we'll come to visit you in the sandbox and whichever metaverse Artifact Labs is in and look forward to seeing the collection there. Please, please come join us and, uh, and tell us what else you want to see because we're in listening mode. Fantastic. Well, Gary Liu, uh, CEO of Artifact Labs, thank you so much for coming to Waves in the Finiverse. Thank you, Walter. This has been Waves in the Finiverse. Why not hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode? If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating. Thanks for listening.